0: WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. With the Michigan legislature poised to repeal the state's right-to-work law, State Representative Joey Andrews tells us Michigan's being put back on track. The repeal is headed toward passage right now. Andrew says right to work was passed in 2013 along with several bills that were designed to weaken unions. As for the argument that border counties will be hurt by sending investment next door, he says the opposite's true. So repealing right to work and putting prevailing wage back, we're helping to set a standard in the border counties that if contractors from Indiana want to come and compete for work here. We're going to make them play by our rules instead of us racing to the bottom against them. And I don't think the race to the bottom benefits anybody, let alone the workers. The right to work law makes it illegal for union shops to require employees to pay union dues as a condition of their employment, Andrew says it's only fair for a worker in a union shop to pay their fair share for the benefits that union representation gets them. Meanwhile, Republican state senator Eric Nesbitt says this will be very damaging to the economy. He spoke multiple times during the debate in the state senate today. The KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship has announced Pam Klein will serve as the general chair for the 84th event in May of next year at Harbor Shores in Benton Harbor. Klein is currently the Senior Vice President of Corporate Relations and Sustainability at Whirlpool. Championship Director Brandon Haney tells us, as the General Chair, Klein will lead the Championship Operating Committee. Which consists of a few different folks, community leaders, that help lead a few different aspects and planning groups within uh, that committee. Helps us with our hospitality sales, with our community initiatives, and different uh, programming and give-back opportunities we have, as well as our volunteer committees. Haney says Klein is a dedicated member of the community who serves as the board member of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Benton Harbor and as a trustee for the Whirlpool Foundation. She's been with Whirlpool for 30 years. The KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship brings together nearly 1,000 volunteers each year. It's slated to be held May 23rd through the 26th, 2024 at Harbor Shores. As for whether the championship will be back in the area after that, Haney says, quote, those conversations are ongoing. Water and sewer customers in the city of St. Joseph will soon see their rates go up. At a Monday meeting, city commissioners approved rate hikes that will average 8.9% for residential customers. City Manager Don Hodgson told us this is needed for a variety of infrastructure projects planned in the coming years. What we're seeing on the city resident side is those are uh, primarily additional costs associated with replacement of lead water services, uh, both public and private sides. And then what we're seeing on the sewer side is due to the combined sewer separation and particularly the need to build a storage tank at the end of that project. The rate increases are also to cover improvements at the water plant. In all, the city has about $69 million in water and sewer infrastructure work planned for the next six years. This means there will be additional rate increases. For now, the average customer will see their quarterly bill go up by about $18 or $75 per year. Meanwhile, St. Joe City commissioners are waiting for the return of the Maids of the Mist fountain to the bluff downtown. The fountain remains at McKay Lodge Conservation Laboratory in Ohio as it's being restored. Commissioners were told last night there's been another delay. Public Works Director Greg Grothaus said the central support column needs to be reinforced. They're using steel instead of stainless steel because of supply shortages, and Grothaus said it'll be painted with an epoxy to prevent rust. The restoration work and the paint that they're going to be using should protect it for a long time. We shouldn't see the type of rust and corrosion that we're seeing now with the new processes that are in place, Commissioner Michael Cirola expressed some frustration with delays on the Fountain's return. I have a problem with this indefinite kicking it down the road. Right. I think because they failed on the first deadline because of supply chain, and they failed on the second deadline because they waited too long to identify this problem, now we're waiting on steel. I think they need to use all their resources to push us to the front of the line because we're going to have another blank on our bluff. Cirola said the delays have been unacceptable. Mayor Laura Goose told Gra- Groathouse to tell McKay, the commission's asking, The additional work will cost $14,000, bringing the total restoration to $210,000. Most of that's being paid by a donor, St. Joseph resident Judy Fellin. Grodhouse told us she's just a fan of the fountain, which has been in place along the bluff since 1892. The proposed 20-mile-long power distribution line that Consumers Energy wants to put through Pawpaw Township is being opposed by the township board. It heard from a group of residents like this woman on Monday night. It seems very difficult to get any level of clarity of, I mean, what rights do we have? It seems that if we own our property, we should be able to say we don't want this happening. Another man said it took him 20 years to save up the down payment for his farm, and he does not want the power line going through his land. The township board agreed with the residents in his opposing consumers' plans. St. Joseph Public Schools has announced the creation of four new positions throughout the district aimed to support student health, wellness, safety, and academic achievement. The main position announced at a meeting of the school board last night was a classroom climate and culture coach with three supporting professionals to work in each of the district's elementary schools. At the meeting, Assistant Superintendent... Kristen Box told board members the position will support teachers and paraprofessionals who support students at the elementary school. The person in this role would design, implement, coordinate, and evaluate comprehensive behavior support plans throughout the buildings alongside the building principals. This person would monitor building-wide data at all three elementary sites related to student behavior and needs. The staff member would also lead uh, professional development sessions related to restorative practices, trauma-informed instruction, classroom management, positive behavior support systems, and more. You can find out more about the position at our website. And Shout for South Haven's 26th annual Cottage Walk will be held on Saturday, June 24th from noon to 5 p.m. The walk attracts hundreds of people each year. Shouts Patricia Shepard tells us there will be five homes to tour. By June 24th, the gardens will all be in bloom. So it's a great opportunity for people to get ideas for outdoor spaces and gardens. And in the homes, they can certainly get decorating ideas and design ideas and architectural ideas for their own home or for their dreams. (laughs) The volunteers come forward each year to have their homes be part of the tour. Shepard says it's a great opportunity to see how the other half lives or to get some decorating or gardening ideas. The event's a fundraiser for Shout for South Haven. Tickets will be $20, and you'll be able to get them at the South Haven Visitors Bureau starting June 1st or at Dykeman Park in South Haven on the day of the tour. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dowazsak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden will sign an executive order aimed at reducing gun violence by increasing the number of background checks needed to buy firearms. More maybe Ike The Biden administration hopes this new executive order will first increase the number of background checks given before firearm sales. Recent polling shows a large majority of Americans support universal background checks, and senior administration officials say the new directive is aimed at bringing gun sellers who are willfully selling guns without background checks into compliance. But it'll also clarify the language to alert sellers who may not realize that they too must run background checks. The Pentagon says a Russian warplane struck the propeller of a U.S. drone over the Black Sea, causing American forces to bring the unmanned aircraft in down in international waters. The U.S. European Command said two Russian Su-27 fighter jets conducted a, quote, unsafe and unprofessional intercept of the MQ-9 drone in international airspace over the Black Sea. The State Department called it a brazen violation of international law. Moscow said the U.S. drone maneuvered sharply and crashed into water following an encounter with Russian fighter jets scrambled to intercept it near Crimea, but it it insisted its warplanes did not fire their weapons or hit the drone. The Environmental Protection Agency has proposed the first federal limits on what are known as forever chemicals in drinking water, Morph maybe ABC's M. Wynn. The EPA proposed drinking water regulations for toxic PFAS chemicals, or so-called forever chemicals, a pervasive group of compounds that have affected drinking water quality across the nation. These chemicals are linked to a range of health issues, including cancer and other severe illnesses. The move would limit certain forever chemicals to the lowest level that tests can detect, though it would be costly. THESE CHEMICALS HAVE BEEN USED SINCE THE 1940S IN PRODUCTS LIKE NONSTICK PANS AND FOOD PACKAGING. THE EPA SAYS THIS MOVE COULD SAVE THOUSANDS OF LIVES. M. WYNN, ABC NEWS, WASHINGTON. THE JUSTICE DEPARTMENT AND SECURITIES REGULATORS ARE INVESTIGATING THE COLLAPSE OF SILICON VALLEY BANK. Here's Aaron Kaczorski. The investigations into Silicon Valley banks collapse by the Justice Department and the Securities and Exchange Commission are just beginning, and we're told it's not immediately clear whether crimes or violations have been committed. The California-based bank was taken over last week after customers tried to withdraw more than $40 billion. The SEC will no doubt examine the accuracy of SVB's recent financial disclosures, while federal prosecutors in Washington and San Francisco will determine whether there's evidence a crime occurred. The Federal Reserve, meanwhile, is facing stinging criticism for missing what observers say were clear signs Silicon Valley Bank was at high risk of collapsing into what became the second-largest bank failure in U.S. history. The Fed was the primary federal supervisor of the bank, based in Santa Clara, California, although the bank was also overseen by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. Critics point to many red flags that had surrounded Silicon Valley Bank, including its rapid growth since the pandemic, its unusually high level of uninsured deposits, and its overinvestment in long-term government bonds and mortgage-backed securities, which tumbled in value as interest rates rose. Prosecutors in Los Angeles County have announced charges against a senior living home company and its corporate officers for more than a dozen COVID deaths. More maybe, sees Alex Stone. Prosecutors here in L.A. County claim Silverado senior living management put financial gain over safety protocols and accepted a patient from New York without testing in 2020 when COVID was exploding in New York. And from there, COVID ran rampant in its nursing home here in L.A. County, leading to the deaths of 13 residents and one staff member. L.A. County D.A. George Gascon says charges are being filed against the company, its corporate officers, and an employee. The 13 residents who died were mothers, fathers, grandparents. The charges include felony elder endangerment. Alex Stone, ABC News, Los Angeles. And the ratings for Sunday night's Oscars broadcast were up over last year, even without Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. More maybe sees Jason Davidson. Everything, everything, everything everywhere all at once is night of Oscar domination was apparently good for the ratings. An average of 18.7 million people watched Sunday night. That's up 12% over last year's 16.7 million viewers. The second year in a row, ratings went up. But that's well off the numbers from the last pre-pandemic show in 2020, which drew about 5 million more viewers. Award shows in general have been seeing an uptick the past year or so as they rebound from all-time lows during the pandemic. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.